Welcome to the Beyond Belief podcast. We're glad you decided to listen to us today. We have designed this podcast to have a practical conversation about Christianity. Our goal is to make this show relatable, realistic, and relative. We will bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ so you can apply it practically to your life. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the show. This is the Beyond Belief podcast, and this is your host, Bill, and I'm joined by Alan. Buddy, what's happening? Everything's great. I thought you were sleeping over there for no, a no, second. No, no, no. Actually, I was, I was somewhere else, but yeah, I'm, I'm rolling right off and you're... Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Today we have a guest, JD from Tennessee. JD, how are you, brother? Man, I'm doing well. Thank you all for <laughs> thought, having me. He's good. I thought no. you kicked off too. I said, <laughs> man, everybody left me just now. Uh, I appreciate... Uh, we prayed before we started hitting record and I really appreciate that, man. That was awesome. Very good prayer. Well, thank you. Uh, so here's the thing. Just tell your story. Start somewhere. We might interrupt you a few times and ask some questions. So I hope you don't mind. But I do appreciate the fact that you're on here with us today and you're sharing your story about uh, your relationship with Christ. Man, I, I appreciate the opportunity. And if I get too long-winded, please interrupt me. Okay. Um, we'll just make two episodes. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Um, so I guess, where do you want me to start guys? Wherever you want. Talk about your upbringing, talk about, you know, yeah, whatever. Well, we see here that your, um, your mom was an influencer. So, you know, it started probably in your childhood. So start there. It did. Um, so I grew up in a, you know, as we were talking earlier in a very rural little hillbilly town, as you can tell from my accent, um, in Northeast Tennessee, uh, Grew up in a place called Bullock's Holler. Um, my mom and dad were very hardworking people. Um, my dad later come to, and I, I know he knew God. I knew he believed in him. Um, but my mom seemed to be the more, uh, she was the structure. Uh, I'm, I was actually, my name's John David, and I was actually named uh, uh, after John the Baptist and obviously David uh, uh, wow. of the Bible, King David. So, um, yeah, and that come, she was reading, I think it was First Luke, uh, when he's telling Elizabeth um, she's going to have a child. Um, so, yeah, uh, my name, uh, I, get, I got stuck with JD for short, uh, childhood. But, uh, you know, the old John David comes out if my mom's still, you know, uh, if I'm if I've done something that, that's not very uh, pleasing, you, you get, I the, still get the, the whole, yeah, the whole <laughs> John David. Um, she uh, I can remember as a child, my, my dad went to church with us a little later in life. Um, but I can remember as a child being at the time I thought just drugged to church. Um, my mom was a very spiritual lady. Um, I think there's a difference in being religious and spiritual. And then, you know, obviously when you combine the two, um, that's when you kind of get the complete picture. But I can remember, I don't know, uh, I can remember her being at a, um, a foot washing church. Um, and I, I can, that for some reason that just, that, I mean, I was small probably four, maybe five, but I can still remember that. Um, don't know where I was going with that, but this just kind of paint a picture yeah, of I've how my mom. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, uh, 
there's all kinds of denominations and I have nothing against any of them. I am a non-denominational guy. <laughs> um, I, I believe in the Bible word for word. Um, and I just don't believe in getting sidetracked on music or pre-millennial, post-millennial, any of that mess. Um, okay. Agreed. Uh, I just, uh, I, I love God and I don't want to, uh, I think a lot of times in religion, we, we make it harder than it is, you know, um, it's, it's pretty simple. We just, we got to get out of the way and just read the word. Absolutely. But, uh, getting back on track, I guess I grew up just pretty normal childhood. Um, had some really great role models that instilled a, a, a great work ethic, uh, in me played ball, just like most kids did. Um, my walk with Christ, so I had a very good role model um, that lived down at the foot of the, I call it a hill, the foot of the mountain. So we kind of had a compound growing up right there. My dad, uh, the old home place was at the foot of the mountain. My aunt lived kind of in the middle of the mountain. And then we, my dad built a house on top. So you had to go, we had one driveway shared. Um, but at the in the middle, my aunt, um, her husband, his name is Gene. I, boys, I can't tell you what kind of a Christian man this man is. Um, just unbelievable. Um, would sing, mow in the yard, sing old hymns. Um, but I started going to church with them because my mom and dad really didn't. Once we moved to where my dad built the house we actually moved out of town and to the old home place um my uncle you know he he was ever you know every wednesday every sunday sunday morning sunday night so as a kid um his daughter and i were first cousins and we were close so i would go to church with them occasionally so i had a great example of uh, a very godly man that was joyful you know, I think that's something that a lot of Christians miss is the joy oh, yeah, part yes. of things, you know. Um, so I started getting going to church um, I, and I've always had a, a connection to God. And I, I, I definitely contribute that to my mother. I can remember being small, listening to watching. There was a Huff Cook gospel hour on television where they would sing gospel music on TV. And as a child, I would watch that. I, I remember that very, you know, just uh, th- that image is very prominent in my mind. Um, and, and I can still see the little the little guy that hosted the show. I can still see his face in his little gray suit, you know. Um, and I, I, I listened to preaching uh, as a kid. And then, oh, I guess about... I was 16 when I was baptized um, and really tried to make a the best I could at that time. Uh, tried to make a commitment and I felt the the calling to to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he died for our sins. And I was baptized. Uh, it's a great story. I was baptized in, uh, uh, like I said, the Church of Christ, but the baptism pool. Uh, they forgot to turn the heater on. So, yeah, when I was baptized and, and my preacher, his name is Wayne Boswell. We called him Wendy. 
um, he uh, he forgot to turn his mic off, and so he's he's back there. He's like, just want to tell because he's got hip waders on, you know. He said, just want to tell you, forgot to turn the heater on in the pool. Uh, he said it might be cold. Oh. There might be some shrinkage, you know. And, oh. and I'm I'm laughing, <laughs> and he's not, he's never turned the mic off. So the whole <laughs> you know the whole congregation. It's hearing this. And so I hear him laugh when he said that. And, you know, that's not, it was a kind of like locker room talk um, sure. and, and nothing inappropriate. Just, you know, he was just trying to make a funny. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I can remember that very specifically <laughs> how cold the water was. Um, you know, and then it seemed like after that, um, my walk got harder as a teen. Um, I don't know uh, women. You know, um, and the whole abstinence thing didn't really resonate with me. Um, that was a very driving force in my life. Um, uh, as I'm sure, you know, a, a lot of people deal with a lot of different things, but, uh, that seemed to be, and as I grew, you know, as I got older, that whole, you know, it, it contributed to a lot of, uh, a lot of downfalls. I'm a slow learner, I guess, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, we, we <laughs> I, think right, the, I think the three of us are, you know, absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I struggled with that. I knew it was wrong, but I'll just be put it out there. I was a womanizer. And so obviously what I had done was not, uh, I told some of my friends it didn't take, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I felt it. Um, I've actually even thought about being rebaptized here recently, uh, just to, I know that's weird, um, because I know I'm saved, but just, just, to profess, you know, sure. Um, but, uh, so I battled that. I had a steady girlfriend, uh, through high school. My mom and dad were oblivious to things going on, um, which has really contributed to me being a father. You know, you, you get away with a lot. I, I don't think I was getting away with anything because I knew they, I figured they knew. They just didn't, you know, didn't try to uh, hinder the process at all. Right. So that was something I've always dealt with and always battled, um, still do to this day. You know, um, I think, uh, it's, it's a worldly thing. It's a man thing as well. You know, you, um, that desire is there, but, uh, so went to college, dropped out, thought I knew everything, uh, went back to college to a JUCO college. It's funny how God guides your path. Um, and you, you're oblivious to it, but I went to a little college called Hiawassee. I've always had an interest in horses. Um, they had an equestrian, an equine science program there, but, um, uh, that's where I met my wife. Um, and in the meantime, I was engaged to a lady. Uh, <laughs> and I love the story just I, got real. <laughs> I love, listen, I love <laughs> to tell this story because it's just, to me, it's, it's just so works. great. So, man, I was engaged to a, a wonderful girl. Um, she was in law school at university of Tennessee and she's actually the one that got me go to go back to college. Um, but while there, um, I'll never forget. I was registering for classes and I saw my wife or, uh, Tracy and she, uh, she was there helping people register and I'll never forget. I was, I've told this story a hundred times. So if you've heard it, I'm sorry, you're going to hear it again. Um, 
I walk in with my roommate and I said, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And he said, what are you talking about? You've not done anything. I said, well, you don't know me. You see that girl right there? I'm going to marry her. And he said, but you're engaged. I said, that's why I'm in trouble. You know, um, and that actually just kindled a friendship. Obviously, the physical part of it um, was there. And my wife was just naturally beautiful. Uh, but we had a friendship that we based our marriage on. I, I, I never acted on it. I kind of let it play out um, with my fiance at the time. And it was, uh, you know, you reach a certain age and you think that you've got a rush to get married. You've got friends getting married. You've got friends having babies, you know, I, um, and I think I may, I just rushed the engagement with, uh, with my fiance at the time. And it was really cool just to have this be smacked in the face with my soulmate. Um, so we were friends for, for the year of college. And then, uh, summer came, she taught, uh, an equestrian camp and, uh, we, we just kind of, that's when it started getting physical. Um, uh, didn't do things the right way. Obviously, um, she went to, she left, graduated high wall. She went to MTSU and, uh, went there for a year. I went to the university of Tennessee at Martin and college rodeo there. And, um, I tell the story is she just couldn't stay away from me. So <laughs> she transferred to, uh, university of Tennessee and we did what a lot of people do. Um, we moved in together and it just, you know, I can see the benefits from it then, but I can also see how it would have been. It's just, you know, it's not biblical. Um, but we ended up graduating, getting married. Um, and we had four beautiful kids. The first, my first child was born in 2000. Um, my dad was sick with prostate cancer. My dad was uh, a Vietnam vet, was exposed to a lot of Agent Orange and thus the prostate cancer. But he passed away. My son was born January. My dad passed away February. Um, so he got to see him for a little a little over a month. Um, still questioned as to whether he was on so much medication. Right. Um, but... Um, that was really a really difficult time in my life because my dad was absolutely my rock, uh, as far as just a very business minded man, very, uh, um, had a lot of wisdom. Didn't say a lot. You had to ask, you know, and then sometimes you had to wonder if he answered your question. But, uh, so after he passed away, we stuck around in Tennessee, had my second child, um, and then we ended up uh, moving to Georgia. I just needed a change. Um, was running with a pretty rough crowd, very good hearted guys, but just uh, needed to get away. It wasn't just them. It was my wife's family was in Georgia. So a lot of different situations. So we moved to Georgia um, and had our third child. So I have four um, and I don't mind to tell you, it's Brody, Cooper, Tyler, and Briley. Um, I always told my wife, 
that Briley would, uh, that God wouldn't give me a girl. We were, our third one was our, you know, try for our girl. And I just told her, look, God's not going to give me a girl because he does not want me to be, uh, spend the rest of my life in prison. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so we had, you know, uh, you have these moments where you stick your foot in your mouth. So we're back in Tennessee visiting, um, some friends that we went to church with and we're having pizza. The kids are playing and my wife goes to the bathroom sick and I'm like, what is wrong? You okay? You know, she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, and I mean, these were really close friends. So, um, Tracy's best friend's name was Tracy. And, uh, she said, are you pregnant again? And so I go off on this long tangent laughing, you know, are you crazy? Have you fell and hit your head? We have three <laughs> children. There's no way we're having four, you know, we're, we're taking, you know, we've taken precautions. So, uh, get home that night. My wife's in the bed. I go, I'm a, I'm a cuddler. When you first start to go to sleep, you know, I'd always hold her and she's crying. I'm like, what is wrong? And I said, you're pregnant, aren't you? She's like, yeah. You know, give me the whole crying. I was like, why didn't you tell me? And how long have you known? About two weeks. I said, why didn't you tell me? I was afraid you'd be mad. You know, so I'm telling her, how can you be mad at at being pregnant, having a child? Um, But uh, she, Riley came May and July 8th. I found out that, uh, or we found out Tracy had breast cancer. Um, and the world was thrown upside down. Everything was, you know, life was great. Um, we were building our home, our forever home. So I thought, and you know, it was, everything was under construction. We were living I had bought a place that had a double wide on it. So we were living there. We lived there, saved up our money and, you know, had plans to build. So we were building like 15 feet in front of this double wide, um, her dream house. And then, so I had all the pressures of the construction and then finding out that she had breast cancer, um, new baby, you know, uh, all of this and just, got hit smack dab in the face with, uh, with life. Um, so my wife was, when I tell you a fighter, um, she was an incredible fighter. Some people, you know, some people find their calling early. My wife, all she, I believe all she ever wanted to be was a mother. Um, because after she had our first one, we were fortunate enough to, you know, she didn't want to go back to work and I'm like, don't, you know, my mom raised me. I wanted her to raise my, our children. And that's what, that's what my wife was cut out to be. She was meant to be a mother. Um, and it was just, it was a great time with her. A lot of people will look at you funny when you uh, tell them that uh, she battled breast cancer for about four and a half years. Um, she had, uh, it was called her two new positive breast cancer. Um, and it metastasized pretty early. Um, so 
it was just a constant fight, you know, a constant mind game. Um, and throughout all that time, um, I've, I've said it on another podcast, but and I know it's corny, but the old picture of, you know, Jesus, the, the footprints in the sand, you know, uh, the person asked, why weren't you with me? And look back and those footprints were Jesus's and not yours. Uh, that Jesus carried me through all that. Um, I tried to be strong for my family. Uh, you know, it's funny in life, and you guys are probably the same way. I find that most people are. Um, when things are tough and things get really bad, if you've got that relationship with God, that's when you go to Him. Yeah, that's um, right. Y'all find that? I mean, that's absolutely well now that we know yes yeah <clears throat> when we were out in the world we didn't only just yeah. try to fix it ourselves i'll tell you now that's the only place to go yeah and yeah absolutely and um so i just wanted to say um, um before we get too far along you know you've hit a couple points here and you and i like we could have been brothers because a lot of the things that you've done and went through you know been the womanizer actually i became a father at 17 um, my dad was oh, wow. a Vietnam vet. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so I've, I've experienced a lot of things that you have, so I can completely relate with what you're saying. Do you know, it's funny that a lot of people are just like you and I, but they don't share it. Exactly. Because of the, the, the shame part of it. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Jeff Forrester has absolutely helped me to realize a lot of my He's helped me find myself, I guess you would say. Right. Um, but, you know, unless you acknowledge the problem, you can't really fix it. Exactly. And uh, I yes. think a lot of people hide that because they they just think that they're concerned it's embarrassing about, for one. Yeah, they're concerned <laughs> about what everyone else thinks. And, and yeah. I mean, I... I just don't really care. If I, if I can expose myself and help someone else through that, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to do that for, for the um, glory of God. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that's what I think is great about, uh, about your podcast is you're allowing people just to tell their testimony and it's not tied to one specific, you know, uh, circle of people, you know, uh, the podcast that I've listened to that y'all have, I've had is just, it's uh, people with different walks, and I love it. Absolutely. Um, well, I think actually, I, th- I believe denominations actually cause a lot of division. You, you know, I just said this the other day. You, know, you have you, you have the whites, you have the blacks, you have the Hispanics, you have the you know different political parties. You have all these things, but then you're going to break it down to, well, we believe in God, and we we believe in His Son Jesus Christ, but you know, we need to abide by these sets of rules and, and it shouldn't be that way. I think we, like you said earlier, it just makes it more confusing for people. It does. Yeah. It, it does. It's just something to, I think I, I personally, this is, I'll probably get chastised for this, but I think that the, the denominations are a tool that the devil uses to, to divide um, and to separate people um, from God's love, because it's, I've seen, I've, I've seen churches, uh, my cousins, uh, my first cousin's husband is a, he's a youth pastor, a minister. And I, so I've seen the business side of things. Right. I know the stress that he's had to deal with. And, uh, 
So I, I, I can imagine it's the same for a lot of other churches. You know, music, <laughs> you, you know, people, uh, uh, churches split and divide over music. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I just... Uh, well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real right now. Um, you know, I was I've been pretty naive most of my life because I grew up in Oak Hill, West Virginia. So, you know, I knew a lot of godly people. I was raised by a very godly person, my dad. And um I just assumed when people said they were a Christian, they believed like me and everybody loved God. And, and it wasn't until I got older that I was like, well, you know, this group says you got to love God this way. And this group's you go to the Bible. It tells you how to love God and be loved by God in the Bible yes. and what to do. So I'm Absolutely. sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to share. No, no, I love, far. I love having conversations about God. I mean, you can't go wrong, right? Absolutely. Yes, uh, sir. Um, I don't even remember where I was. Uh, my wife with cancer. Um, so she battled it for four and a half years. Uh, I was really blessed with a great job. I was a high school agriculture teacher. Um, one of the best jobs I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and so I had some freedoms by the people that I worked for the administration. They were beyond beyond awesome. So had summers off, you know, uh, and I had sick days. And so I got to go with my wife on the majority of her treatments. Um, when she wasn't treated locally, uh, my wife was on several trials. Uh, we would go to the Sarah Cannon Institute up here in Nashville. Um, we went to our last, when everything else failed, we went to you know, MD Anderson uh, stayed out there for a week and a half, almost two weeks, I guess, uh, to find out that there was really nothing they could do for um, and come back home. And basically, uh, she had started, I, I think, in a way, she had gotten addicted to uh, chemo, I guess, to say. It, she she just when she found hope in in uh, treatment and she thought if she wasn't being treated she wasn't going to get better and my wife was a very uh, she so she was baptized and saved when she was pregnant with our second child Cooper and uh, so her walk with God was I know she she knew of him and I know her mom and dad, they went to church some, but, uh, as far as the relational, um, you know, actually having that relationship that he longs for us to have, it really didn't start until, um, till we were married and, and, you know, obviously she made the commitment, but, uh, she, she would place her hope in God. Like, I she had sticky notes all over the place. Uh, but just like so many of us, uh, those sticky notes had scripture on them, you know, uh, Psalms 46, one, um, first Peter five, seven, you know, there was just sticky notes everywhere. And I don't know, uh, Psalms 46, one God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Um, first Peter cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
those scriptures she would repeat and read. But when you're dealing with what she had to deal with, um, you're, you say you're, you're, it's a mental game, you know, um, uh, just religion, that relationship with God is a mental game. And then you throw this on there. So she battled it. She would do like, like I do to this day. And so many of us, you give something to God and then you take it back. Yes. You know, you give something to God and then you take it back. Uh, guilty of it daily. Um, but uh, she, she was able to touch and change a lot of people's lives just through her walk and her testimony, her courage, you know, um, she, she did not want to die. I will tell you that. Um, my wife was a jokester. She had a wonderful sense of humor. Uh, a lot of people, I've, I've told a few people this story, but so she was laying in the hospital and all of a sudden, you know, I've, I've got, so the way I dealt with, with her dying was I, I had done some research and some reading, um, on how to deal with that with, with kids. And it tells, you know, to let them be a part of the, the death process. That way they have closure. Um, so, you know, while, while she was in her, in the hospital, uh, we slept there, you know, we made pallets in the floor in the hospital. The nurses were just wonderful, but I've got four kids piled in there. Uh, her mom and dad, my mom, you know, and then friends. It was so great because the day before she passed away, um, I guess they get a morphine clarity, you know, and it was like, she wasn't even hurting. And I can't, there was probably well over a hundred people came through wow. and talked. Um, I can't believe the hospital let it happen, but you know, I think they saw what was going on, um, as far as people getting to say goodbye. But, uh, so she's laying there in the hospital bed and, uh, she just kind of quits breathing, you know? And, uh, I'm thinking, you know, is this it? And, and, you know, people were saying, Tracy, Trace, you know, her, I was saying, Trace, are you there, baby? Trace, are you there? And then nothing. So everybody starts kind of tearing up. And then all of a sudden, she opens her eyes and she looks around and she's like, what are y'all crying for? And then she starts laughing. She said, y'all thought I died, didn't you? You know, just a huge jokester. And I'm like, I told her, I said, that's not funny at all. <laughs> no. You know? Wow. No. But, but yeah, so she starts laughing. Um, wow. She made it, um, I guess, maybe about six hours after that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that time with her being sick, uh, it was stressful. Um, her mom and dad lived with us to help with the kids, and they were such a blessing. Um, I was blessed to have. You know, we had, they had their own bedroom, bathroom. Uh, we had, like I said, we had built our forever home. So we had a five bed, bedroom, four bath house. Um, so she, she had the, the great parents who wanted to help and, and they did. Uh, but as a man, you know, you deal with things 
you can't just sit in your underwear and enjoy ESPN. You know what I mean? Right. Although I did uh, most of the time, but it was uh, it was tough on them having to be there, and and it was tough on us for them being there. Uh, but they were God, just wonderful people. They just took care of their daughter, you know, right. uh, and and took care of their grandkids. But that whole time with them being there and me being able to focus on Tracy, we grew uh, our love, the intimacy, not the physical part, but this the uh, you know when you get married to become one. Well, I think a lot of people never really achieve that whole oneness Yeah, that her being sick helped us. But I tell you, we were, we were one just the time spent together because life's real at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everything else that, that generally tends to get in the way and uh, you know, the world will sidetrack you. Um, so our importance, our focus was on each other. It was focused on her getting well. It was focused on our family. Um, so our priorities had changed. Um, it was just, it was a, it was a blessing, you know, um, and, and people will look at me and think that they just look at me like I've got something growing out of my head when I tell them that. Uh, but, I wouldn't trade the times that we got to the time we got to spend together and we really got to know each other. Um, our faith grew in that time as well. Um, it was just, uh, it, it was great. Uh, and then when she, you know, uh, when she passed away in 2012, um, uh, the whole time she's sick, my faith is growing and uh, um, know I've got to be a rock for my family. I know I've got to set an example for our children. Um, I'm talking to God daily. It's Everything's growing, you know, and then she passed away. And I guess maybe six months after that, um, I start slipping away from God and, um, I, I, I mean, as soon as yeah, six months after losing your wife, who you, who was your soulmate, um, it's funny how the devil, you know, when you just crack the door open, he'll, he'll fling it open, you know? Yes. Absolutely. Um, so I, I started just little things. You, you, I would find it in, in anger. I was dealing with anger and didn't know it. You know, I'd tell myself, I'm not angry. Um, but then I met a lady who had lost her husband. And, uh, you know, while Tracy was sick, I didn't have that physical intimacy that that we shared as a married couple. I did, but it wasn't. It wasn't what it used to be, you know. Um, there was some chemo that my wife was on that, like, when I climbed in the bed with her, it hurt. Right. Like, her skin, it physically hurt her for the covers to touch her. Um, so I'm, I'm battling those demons as far as, you know, as a man, I, you need that physical. I'm a very physical, touchy, lovey kind of guy. 
uh, especially to my family. Um, and so my wife and I had a great physical relationship. And then you take that away for four and a half years. And it, it, uh, it was really to meet Lynn. Uh, I mean, it was just, she's just this cute little bubbly, just woman that you've, you know, y'all've got something in common. Uh, she had lost her husband. I lost my wife. She was, uh, uh, hadn't really been in a relationship for a while. Um, after her husband had passed, I think she had had maybe one or two relationships, nothing very serious, but that physical aspect of it just, man, it just drew me in. And I knew better. You know what I mean? I really did know better. I knew that that wasn't, uh, it wasn't the way the Bible tells us to do things. And it wasn't, but it was all so, it was fun. I mean, uh, uh, sin's fun at the moment, you know. Um, Exactly. That's just the way I, uh, you know, I'm pretty real, and you, my my oldest one, you know, he's like, "Why is sin so fun?" Uh, I said, "It's only fun for a little bit." You know, mm-hmm. you've got to, at some point you're reaping what you sow. <clears throat> um, so, over speaking of sowing, over the course of five six years, I guess Lynn and I—that was in 2012 when Trace passed away. Lynn and I got together in 2013. Um, and we had a relationship to just, if you can read the Bible and tell you the way God tells you to have a relationship, a godly relationship. Um, I did everything backwards, total opposite <laughs> of the Bible, right? knowing it the whole time I'm doing it. Right. Um, you know, at, at one point I, I told Lynn, uh, you know, look, we've got to stop the physical aspect of it. And she was just she freaked out, you know, um, had a lot of just, you know, middle-aged demons like any woman has. Do you not find me attractive or, you know, no, that's definitely not it. You know, it's just, I feel like it's not the right thing to do. Um, but being the man and very weak, it didn't last very long. Um, I caved and, we had put our places up for sale. I had decided to move for some personal reasons. I just, I, I'm one of these kooks that felt like uh, the reason Tracy had gotten her cancer was environmental and did a lot of research on the little place where we live. So I was just, I was like, I'm moving. So I put my place up for sale. Um, in the meantime, Lynn and her stepdaughter, or her daughter, which is my stepdaughter, which I I love her like my own. Uh, they moved in with us for about a year, and then I decided to put my home up for sale. She decided to put hers up for sale, and you know we were planning on moving away. But uh, uh, I sold my house first, so we moved in with Lynn and. Uh, that's when it really started. That's when, that's when the good went away. Um, 
a blended family is so hard anyway, and I commend anyone that's made that work. I think the only way you can make that work is definitely to be Christ-centered. Yes. Um, but man, when I tell you, I took the I I took the Bible, the playbook, and threw it out the window. Especially when we moved in together, um, uh, and it was just man, it was a snowball from there. Uh, it is just the yin and yang. Uh, it seemed like we brought the worst out in us, and the whole time our kids are suffering. We lived with her for less than. Probably maybe a year, I guess, and then it just wasn't working. And I called a family meeting, and the kids voted for us to move. Um, and her her daughter voted for us to move out. So we had bought a place. We moved in, and I mean, it's man, it's just I can't begin to tell you the devil was jumping up and down. I mean, he was oh, just yeah. like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm just look at what I've done. I'm destroying this family. And he did, but he, he really did. Um, Lynn and I stayed together. Um, I don't have a lot of quit in me and I kept thinking I could fix this. I could fix this. So once I moved out my relationship with God, I really tried to start focusing on it. Um, Lynn had a very abusive background. Um, her mother was terrible to her. Uh, and, and I don't want to, out of respect for her, don't want to go into details, but it was very abusive and it was centered around a sort of, it was a Christian religion. Um, wow. But uh, just, I mean, it was just terrible. So her, her relationship, she believed in God, but her relationship with God wasn't what it needed to be. So we tried to do it together and we would, it was, it separated us more than it really brought us together. Um, and she just, I tried to leave, tried to break it off with her several times. And uh, she would uh, threaten to hurt herself. Um, just, I mean, I can't tell you, I woke up in the middle of the night in my own home and her be, her come into my home because we don't lock our doors where we lived and be standing over top of me, you know? Yeah. Freaky movie, scary movie kind of stuff. Um, uh, but I loved her, you know, and and I, she loved me. It was just, I knew we shouldn't be together, but I just didn't have that quit in me. And I didn't, listen to God because the whole time he's telling me this is bad for you you guys. Um, so me and my infinite wisdom decided to get married. Not to her. Um, so, yes. To her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I got you. Plot yeah. twist. <laughs> yeah. 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 Plot twist. So I'm thinking once we get married, it'll be good in God's eyes. God will bless this. You know, we can, we can fix this instead of God can fix this or God's telling me I'm really good at hearing God. I'm really terrible at listening to him a lot of times, Yeah, you know? Um, So we got married in 2018, um, two days after Thanksgiving and it didn't get any better. It actually, 
um, it, it was just hard. I can't, it was looking back now. I think she had had a mini stroke because her husband had a stroke, um, and she took care of him for many years. Um, but she had, I mean, I, her, her daughter, all of her friends and family will tell you that she would, I mean, she always said she was terrified of having a stroke. Um, and she just knew that's what the way she was going to go. Um, so, uh, 2019, we had had a great day. Um, I was actually on the look for a bass boat and, um, she was doing some shopping in Atlanta and we talked and when I say a great day, a great day together, there wasn't a lot of turmoil. Um, so we had lunch at the California pizza kitchen, came home that night, um, watched a movie in bed. Uh, and I don't really want to go into we, the, the physical aspect of that relationship went from absolute, like couldn't get enough to just like the flame had been put out and it was just barely smoking, you know? Right. So, um, and I am going to put this out there. I don't, I don't really care. You guys can, you can edit it later on, but, uh, uh, I think it kind of helps get a realization of how God was slapping me in the face. So, that night we had uh, a great day. And then, so we're in the bed and she was tired. Lynn, Lynn was, uh, she was kind of an early go to bed type lady. Um, so we watched the movie and she could be out asleep in just a second, you know? Um, so I go, do my nightly routine, come back to bed. She's asleep. Well, so I'm like, this is a good day. I need that physical type deal. And she basically said, you know, gave me the old, I, you know, not tonight, honey type deal. So I kind of huffed and puffed a little bit, rolled over, turned the television on. And she's like, can you turn that down? And, you know, I thought, well, yeah, I, I'll, I can do better than that. I'll just go downstairs. Um, so I went downstairs, turned the television on, and it hurt her feelings. She thought I had hurt, she had hurt my feelings, and she she did. Um, so she came downstairs, got me. She was aggravated, agitated at the time. I was aggravated, agitated at the time, but she was trying to make it right, you know. Um, so she came downstairs, got me, said, please just come back to bed. So. We come back to bed um, uh, physically. Uh, it, you know, she's trying to make it up to me, and in the middle of uh, in the middle of being intimate, she had a brain aneurysm, and uh, I mean, she just it was she. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Uh, she said, "Oh Jesus, oh Jesus," like four or five times. I'm like, Lynn, quit saying that. What's wrong, honey? She said, my head. Um, and so I'm freaking out, you know, because she had always, she would always, she was one of those type of ladies that I, I think just out of fear of what had happened to her husband, 
um, she she was always I don't want to say a hypochondriac, but you know something was you know her head hurt all the time or she didn't feel good all the time. She had extremely high blood pressure. Um, so I'm like, do you need me to take you to the doctor? And she's like, no, just, I need to get to the bathroom. So she goes to the bathroom. Uh, she's sick. And I, I'm like, I'm, I'm calling 911. She's like, no, I just need to lay down. So anyway, long story short, put her in the bed, cleaning up her mess, checking on her. And, um, I could just tell some something wasn't right. So I ended up, you know, she's talking to me. I ended up calling 911 and uh, they took her to the hospital, took her to the ER, uh, life flighted her to Chattanooga, and basically she was brain dead. She, uh, they kept her because of her being, um, an organ donor, they basically just kept her alive for four days um, until they placed her organs. And uh, so you can kind of see how God's just smacks me in the face with, you know, with reality. You know, I I think he's trying to get the point across that uh, uh, life's short. (laughs) You need to listen to me instead of just hear me. Yeah. Um, and then through her death, there was her sister and I didn't have a great relationship and she speculated some things that was just put me through an incredible run me through the ringer. Um, I wasn't able, able to really grieve because of accusations and, uh, because, I mean, our relationship wasn't great and it wasn't a secret. Um, so I'm trying to mourn, trying to be with her in the hospital. A lot of accusations being thrown around. My son, my oldest one's at a gymnastics meet. Um, he's a college gymnast. Um, he finds out he's flying in. He catches wind of all this. So my oldest children, uh, you know, my stepdaughter, my oldest two, they're aware of what's going on. They're stressed to the max. I'm being slapped and just... I mean, just absolutely every direction. I've I've never been stressed like I was stressed then. I mean, even the time or scared like I was scared then, just of the unknown. I mean, even I took my three oldest or my three sons down to the chapel and told them that their mom was not, you know, not going to make it. And I remember how hard that was. And I remember the strength that God gave me at the time. Um, but you have to remember when my, my first wife, Tracy was sick, I was walking with God, in a in a good way. You know, um, I had that relationship. I was talking to him every day. I was, I was really trying. Um, and at this point, uh, I was, you know, I was that lukewarm. He was spitting me out of his mouth. You know, I was that lukewarm. So I didn't have that relationship. Uh, you know, we weren't besties right then. God and I, we were talking, we were trying to rekindle it, but, you know, here the world, the flesh, everything was just uh, getting in the way. So I'm, I am stressed beyond stress. I mean, my breaking point. I mean, absolutely my 
my breaking point. I can remember, I can remember sitting in the den and just like, okay, God, I'm yours. I get it now. You know, um, uh, I've, here I am, take me, do with me what you want. If, you know, whatever this is, let it be for your glory. Um, and let me quit being so hard headed. Uh, and, and listen to you instead of hear you. So losing my second wife really, and the, the stress that I was put under through that time, um, it was, it was like being dropped into a fire and like, here it is, boy, you're either going to, you're either going to burn or you're going to pull yourself out and get this, you know, I'm here for you, but you've got to, use me so right. from since then i have absolutely I've, I've been walking the path uh, met some great people uh i did a podcast with another guy um chad Wright. Uh, oh, i've yeah. actually taught yeah. his little brother and uh i got to meet some really cool people from that um and just it's just, it's funny how, you know, you, I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people then, but now I am through all of this and the doors God's opened for me. So I've got a wonderful support system. Uh, we do a Wednesday night zoom Bible study. All of us met through, uh, podcast and Instagram. And, uh, one of the guys, I love those guys. Those men are just godly men. And they, you know, you hear the term godly men and you think that there's no struggle in that. These these men are real brother. You know what I mean? They deal with the same things we deal with day in, day out. It might be pornography. It might be alcoholism. It might be, you know, uh, material, you know, being a materialist. It's just the things that we deal with day in, day out. And these men aren't afraid to admit it and aren't afraid to seek God for the answers for it. You know, we, um, we need but, more men like that. You know, oh man, I'm telling you, you know, what's it's crazy. Like it's crazy that those conversations can happen in church, right? They don't, they're not synonymous, right? You don't think about everybody's right. problems and sin. Uh, church is a way to escape when you get in the building and usually those conversations, you know, you have that there, but can you imagine that same group of people talking about their sins? in a crowd. Like nobody wants to yeah. do that because they just, you no. know, you know what I mean? It's not, uh, yeah. it doesn't line up with everybody else's view right. because not enough so, people are talking about Jesus. They're doing the yeah. worldly stuff, but they're not Amen. putting their efforts yeah. on, on Christ. Well, and that, will. yeah. And they, yeah, they will. Cause I mean, JD's pointed it out. Yeah. He'll get you to your knees. Right. Well, most, mean, people, oh, most people Ooh. want to be accepted by man and they don't yeah. give enough emphasis they don't put enough emphasis on being accepted by god and uh, i wanted to bring up something jd um so you had a terrific choice to make um you know after your second wife died i mean you could have been angry at god and turned away or you know you could have done what you've done what you have done and toward turned back toward god and that's just incredible man uh, well i appreciate that but you know, even when Tracy was sick, because I made the comment to her one time that there's no way God is going to take 
a mother of four away from their children. (laughs) Tell me I was wrong, you know? Right. Um, So I had told her that, you know, because I believed it. I mean, I I believed it. Uh, But what God's plans are and what our plans are, sometimes they just don't coincide. Um, But even after she passed away, I was... I asked, you know, I think I asked the question why a couple times, but I wasn't angry with God. You know, I've made the statement before, even though, even if I knew why he took her, it wouldn't change the fact that she's gone. Um, The anger from that, it wasn't towards God. A lot of it was, uh, you know, just, I can remember being frustrated with my daughter's hair. Here I am a dad. Try and I'm about as I'm just what I sound like. I'm I'm an old hillbilly kind of guy. Uh just not very well versed in doing girls' hair. Yeah, and I can right. remember getting so frustrated and so angry because I'm sending my daughter to school. And her hair looks like, you know, she just, and I couldn't do it. So I would read, I would study, I would try to watch YouTube videos on how to fix her hair and love her heart. It just wasn't happening, you know? So I sent my child to school and she looked like she didn't have a mama, you know? Um, Or when, right after Tracy passed away, I'll never forget because I used to, I coached a lot of ball. I coached my two oldest ones. And, uh, so it was, you know, every week, you know, two days a week, you're going to the ball field on the weekends, you're playing, uh, we play travel ball as well. So she's constantly throwing stuff in the car. I mean, our car looked like we were homeless. Um, and I would get so mad at her. Well, my son qualified for the junior high national, uh, rodeo finals and they were in Gallup, New Mexico. So I'm like, I'm taking my kids. So I take all four of our kids from Georgia to Gallup, New Mexico. And I get there. One of my kids get hurt. And my wife would have two or three first aid kids. Well, guess what I didn't have? Right. First aid kit. You know? So I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, I I knew my wife was up there laughing because (laughs) now you're, you know, now you see why I packed everything and the kitchen sink, you know? So I was able to appreciate that. But at the same time, that was that anger building up that, that I, I, you know, and there's stages you go through when you grieve and I wasn't aware of that. You know, I, I, my main concern was my kids um, and focusing on them and their well being. But yeah, as far as being angry that whole time, that grieving process was playing out through my second relationship with, uh, with Lynn. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you. I was not pleasant to be around during those times. There was, yeah. if there was ever a lady that knew how to push my buttons, it was her and she pushed them. She enjoyed pushing them. Right. Um, so my kids got to witness all of that. And it was, you know, it was bad. I'm not going to lie. Um, they got to see a lot of fights, right. a lot that, you know, people 
a lot of kids grow up in a home environment like that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, actually, I just wanted to ask you, I mean, because we're, we're trying to um, share everyone's story, obviously, but what we're something we have incorporated into this is to ask each person that we talk to, what advice would you have for someone that is going through a similar situation as you um, to, to get you back, you know, on, on track to get a person back on path or to get them on path, you know, on the path to, to a relationship with God, if they're not there. That's a good question. Um, I guess the greatest piece of advice I could give, you know, for those that don't know God, you know, you've, you've always, you, you've, everyone's, I've heard it thousands of times. God's not going to put anything on you. You can't handle. I can tell you right now, if you don't have him there in your life to handle those things, you can't handle it. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, what is it? James tells us to be, uh, to rejoice in your trials. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's one thing that that piece of advice is so hard. That scripture is yeah. so hard to wrap your mind around, yeah. man. Seek God. If you've got a relationship with him or if you, if you don't, uh, be, be patient, listen to, to God's voice. Um, John Elder just got some great, great books. Um, I've not achieved his, <laughs> his status of hearing God's voice, hearing him talk to him. And I think he talks to everybody differently. Uh, be patient. Um, and, and the worst decisions I've made in my life, I've prayed about some of them, but I've not been patient enough to wait on I've always the good decisions. I've had a piece about them when I've made them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, I can really pray about yeah. it. And then you have that peace and you know, for me, that's God telling me that, yeah, that's, you're that's right where you're, path. that's what you're supposed to do. Um, so many times I, I made the choices of not listening to that or not waiting on that peace. So you have to be patient. Um, do you think seek you're... help? Oh, you know, no, I, I, I just get a support group, get a godly support group, surround yourself with God fearing people and people that's got a relationship. That would be my advice. Right. Do you um, feel like you're closer now than you've ever been in your relationship oh, with him? 100% yeah. closer. Yeah. Um, yes. It's amazing how God will pull the distractions out of our lives sometimes when we make ourselves available. Yeah. When we're, when we're looking. Yeah. Cause we, we have a, we have a hard time. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I gotta tell you for a long time, I wasn't able to do it on my own. Um, and I've said this before in a couple of, of podcasts that, that we can make an effort, uh, or God will, make the effort for us. Like he'll put it there for us. We just have to be able to choose to go there. A lot of times we don't. Uh, so it's, it's a decision, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was there for me all along. I just decided not to. I mean, it was a choice. I don't, I don't blame anybody else. You know, I say, I say this, uh, 
I write some devotions and one of them I put, Satan gives us excuses, but God will give us a reason. We can have every excuse in the book why we don't do something. And it's just that. It's just an excuse. But God gives us a reason. He is the only reason for us to turn to him. There's no other reason. I don't turn to Alan. I don't turn to the world. I don't turn to alcohol. We turn to God. He's the reason. The, all the other things are excuses. They're worldly excuses. And, they're, and, and we turn only, to them so easily. Right. And they're only Band-Aids. That's the thing yeah. we need to realize. They're yeah. only Band-Aids. They're not a yeah. cure. Man, so, I, I applaud I, you, man. Like, I mean, I really do. Well, I appreciate it, but you know, it's, uh, it's God working in your life. It is. It's not me. I mean, that's, I've had people say, how do you do it? I I can tell you right now, um, through the toughest times I've, I've been through, there's no way I could have done it without God. Yeah. No possible way. Um, I'm just grateful that he's opened my eyes and, you know, uh, I'm becoming bolder, uh, the support system that I've gotten around me, you know, for forever, I would not share, you know, uh, and that's the great commission we're supposed to go. Uh, that's right. And I'm getting bolder to where I feel more comfortable to come on platforms such as your all's, um, do Bible studies with people, uh, you know, uh, just sharing God's word and I, and I'm, I'm becoming bolder. Uh, and that, you know, that's my work in progress that and, uh, forgiveness. Do you guys struggle with any kind of forgiveness issues? Um, I personally don't, I, I just don't, I used to, um, I used to carry around things for years. I'll tell you. Yeah. But for, I just like, um, I just don't for a couple of years now, now I've been, I've had, I've had a, not my own personal situation, but one that affected me with uh, a family member I struggled with for, gosh, I mean, it was, and I mean, it was a struggle, man. I mean, it was a struggle for, for years, many years, 20 years to forgive somebody. And uh, only when I really started working on my relationship with God that I just said, you know, we're not, we're, well, the forgiveness is there. It's not for me to forgive that person. Well, that's actually a great point. But And here's something that helps me. Um, Jesus came and died for our sins yeah. that we are forgiven. Yeah. So if, if God allowed his son to be crucified for our sins, who are we to hold on to something that's not even... Well, that's just the point. Like, yeah. like God or Jesus died for forgiveness right for the sins yeah we carry the weight or the burden yeah of something exactly and i, can, and I have to let i mean i have to yeah. realize that it's not my job to forgive them exactly it's yeah. my job to let go of it yeah so you know that's, that's the way i look at it and you know it's uh, it's funny that you said the word burden um it is. I, you know it's a it, it, make is, it, that it can be that's <laughs> it Yes. We make yes, it that it, way, man. We, everything that all the problems that we have are because we've made them that way. God didn't make them for us. So there's produced. nothing, there's nothing in the Bible. I said this the other day. There's nothing in the Bible that says, go be miserable. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, there's no yes. command from yes. God that says, Hey, I want you to be a terrible person. I want you to be miserable. Go lie to people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It has the complete <laughs> answers. If we would just read it and follow the instructions, we'd be fine. Uh, but we, we screw it up. 
Well, JD, I think yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get off of here. But uh, if you want to hang on for All a minute, right, we'll uh, we'll talk to you after we. Hey, do you want to close us out in prayer, JD? Yeah, that'd be great. Or oh, you? absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. perfect. Thanks, man. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Uh, so, Father, we just come to you today, uh, thanking you for this platform. Father God, we ask that you. Uh, have your hand in this and, and follow God. We know that you do. We ask that this helps someone that leads them to you, uh, maybe answer some questions or maybe, you know, strike some questions up, Lord, to where they will uh, seek you. Father God, uh, we just, uh, we hope that you continue to help us to answer your calling, to spread your word. Uh, we, hope that you help us to as us three men to stay Christ-centered Father God um, keep our lives on track and keep keep you at the center of our lives and Father I pray that you let us let your uh, I, I say this every morning you hear me say let your light shine through through my children let your light shine through us Lord let our lives be the testimony uh, to people. Um, let us be joyful, Father God. Uh, let us be. Uh, let us let us be disciples of Your Word, Lord, Father God. I pray for this podcast that I continue to pray for these two men that their uh, that their platform and what they're doing glorifies You, Lord. Um, may You be with them and may You have Your hands in this. Father God, we just ask that you forgive us when we fail you. We know we fail you daily. And we just thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, man. Thank you so much, JD. Uh, if you'll just stay on the phone for a second, I'm going yeah. to cut this thing off and then uh, we'll talk to you for I'm a second. I'm sorry, guys. I told you I was long-winded. <laughs> no, you're good, man. It's perfect. It's perfect. Hold on yeah. just a second. So that's it for this episode. We're glad you listened and hope you'll come back. Visit www.graceworkswithanx.net to listen to past episodes, read our daily devotions, or provide feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send us a message through Instagram, Facebook, or our website. And if these episodes have been an encouragement to you in any way, please share them. Have a blessed day.